and welcome back to week 7, episode 7. This is realistically like week 11, but we got behind, of course. Week 11? This is like week... What am I thinking? Oh, this is episode 7. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're good. I'm not gonna edit these three that we're doing in succession. I will start editing next week. I should be mentally recharged by then. We'll see. We'll see if we are. Hopefully. I'm your co-host, Mikhail. I'm your host, Peyton, and this is the Killers Podcast. We sound so dead inside right now. It's it's 11.40 p.m. Yeah, it's 11.40 p.m. at night. We just got back from a movie. We've also been trying to decide for the last, like, 25 minutes if the both of us should just call into work or not. We still have not made our decision. I'm supposed to be at work at 5 a.m., so I kind of need to uh, get on that. We'll see. Yeah. Peyton's going to text me in the morning. <laughs> whether or not because i go in at 11 so we'll see we've also done today this is now the third and final episode that we've done back to back that is also the prime reason why i will not be editing any of these and just blindly be publishing them in the last episode the case of the lesbian australian killer yeah australian lesbian vampire yeah the lesbian vampire killer um i just included our background cover art for that because the only cover art I want to do is cover art of the victims. I don't want to give piece of shit offenders room. I get that photos of them exist and that they're real people. And wow, Peyton's an idiot because he won't include cover art photo of them. This is my podcast, bitch. I'm going to do whoa, what whoa, I want. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to do what I want, okay? There's no victim blaming in this podcast. We always believe the victim. I'm always going to go with the victims. Um, so only victim cover art here. Yes. No, no If the Instagram gets enough attention, I might post them on the Instagram talking shit about them. But that's it. Yeah. Sorry. We um, don't care. This is case seven, and this is going to be the case of Rachel Timmerman. Again, I'm pulling this off of reddit like i did with the last episode this is in the true crime subreddit and the poster is wonderful dash variation so shout out to them go check out their reddit page but in the summary that they gave it says rachel tillman nope i fucking butchered it rachel timmerman a 19 year old michigan woman is kidnapped raped in the woods after a card party she manages to escape only to end up in jail herself, and when she is released from jail, the rapist kidnaps her again and kills Rachel by drowning her in a lake with cinder blocks. Background. Rachel Timmerman, a 19-year-old woman, was found deceased on July 5th, 1997. She was found in Oxford Lake in Newago County, MI. What state is MI? Michigan. Michigan? Yeah. I thought it was Missouri. Um, Rachel's legs were bound with chains that were wrapped around cinder blocks. Her arms were handcuffed behind her back. Her eyes and mouth were covered with duct tape, meaning that she had been gagged and blindfolded. Her autopsy revealed that she had been alive at the time that she entered the lake. Her cause of death was drowning. Rachel was weighed down by over 60 pounds worth of chains and cinder blocks. Despite this, she somehow made her way to the surface of Oxford Lake. When a human body decomposes, bacteria inside the body produces gas. This gas can become trapped inside the body at 
if it is submerged, causing the body to become buoyant and rise to the surface. It seems believable. It may seem unbelievable, but that is apparently what happened in this case. After several weeks underwater, enough gas built up inside Rachel that she rose to the surface. The water of Oxford Lake is less than one meter in depth, but underneath the water, there is a thick layer of soft mud. When Rachel was underneath the water, her body was completely submerged into the mud. It would have been impossible to find her, even if you were in intentionally looking for a body in the lake. It is only because she rose to the surface that Rachel would eventually be found. Before her disappearance, Rachel had been scheduled to testify at the trial of Marvin Gabaron. Marvin was being charged with the third-degree sexual assault because Rachel had accused him of rape. Her, his preliminary hearing was set for June 5th, 1997, and Rachel was supposed to testify at that hearing. However, Rachel mysteriously vanished just a few days before the preliminary hearing was set to commence. Part 1. Rachel Goes to Jail The horrible story begins on August 6, 1996. At the time, Rachel was living in Cedar Springs, a small town in Michigan. Rachel had an unlikely friendship with a man named Wayne Davis, a disabled veteran who walked with a pronounced limp, and he really could not have been more different from Rachel. Wayne had a metal plate in his head from getting shot in Vietnam, and he had suffered PTSD. He never went anywhere without his M65 army jacket, which he often joked was the only thing keeping his thin body from falling apart. Rachel and Wayne drank together and played cards frequently. Wayne was one of the people who seemed to make new friends without any effort. Police reports would later say that he had an, had an unusually wide circle of friends. On August 6th, Rachel received a call from Wayne Davis. He asked her to come play cards. Just six weeks later, Rachel was give, had given birth to an infant daughter, Shannon. She was eager Oh, she was convinced by her sister Sarah to babysit Shannon so she could go out and have some fun. For weeks, she had been stuck inside her mom's home doing nothing but taking care of the baby, and this was her chance to escape for a bit. At around 9pm, Rachel walked over to Wayne's home where she was the only female among a group of drunken men. They all hung out, drinking, playing cards, and smoking marijuana for a while. Later, they were joined by one of Wayne's other friends, Marvin Gabaron, and Marvin's nephew Mikey. At this time, Mikey Gabaron was approximately 14 years old. I don't like where this is headed. Yeah. Especially with the context that um, Rachel was the only wolf woman there. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that they're giving context that this Mikey person was 14. Why did I need to know that? Yeah. I don't like um, where no, this is headed. Like this. Eventually, Rachel decided that it was time to go home. She and Wayne left home and started walking toward Rachel's home, but Marvin stopped them and insisted on driving her home in the car. Marvin's nephew, Mikey, was also in the car, but he wouldn't take no for an answer. When they got out to Rachel's house, Marvin didn't stop to let her out. He kept driving down the road. Soon after passing Rachel's home, Marvin pulled over to the side of the road and told Wayne and Mikey to get out. When they protested, Marvin told them to get the fuck out or else. Wayne was too drunk to resist, and Mikey was too young to resist. After the two exited the vehicle, Marvin drove off to Rachel still in the car. He took her off to an isolated wilderness road. Marvin dragged Rachel out to the car and tried to force himself on her. She fought back furiously, biting, kicking as hard as possible, and he reacted by beating her into submission. Trigger warning rape, and abuse. He punched Rachel in the face and smashed her head against the ground multiple times, disorient disorienting, disorient, dis <laughs> disorienting. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like a spelling bee judge. I know, thank you. Use it in a sentence. Dis I was disoriented. Yeah, how do you spell it? D-I-S. No. Oh, I was making a joke. I was like... I was adding on to the joke. Thank you. I'm not laughing at this. I'm laughing at the fact that I can't talk. 
It's just... Okay, I'm just laughing at the fact that Mikhail, primarily 80% of the time, is only here to correct my spelling mistakes. Literally. <laughs> okay. He punched Rachel in the face. Oh. Uh, Marvin also bit Rachel's nose, causing it to bleed profusely. He kept beating her until she lost the will to resist. At one point, he... At one point, he pulled Rachel's pants off and raped her. Oh, he looks ugly. He is scary. He looks like a rapist. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to see this guy, like, alone. I wouldn't I wouldn't walk on the same side of the street as him. I would cross. He threatened Rachel that if she... He threatened Rachel that if she ever told anybody what happened, he would kill her infant daughter, Shannon, right in front of her and make her watch. Rachel was terrified that Marvin would kill her and leave her out in the woods, never to be found. She came up with the idea to get Marvin to take her to her house. She started... Oh no, I don't like this. ...pretending to enjoy what was happening. She told Marvin that she wanted to keep going, but someplace more comfortable than the forest. Rachel suggested her bet at her, her mother's home. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this now. We do not victim blame. If you are the type to be like, well, I had sex with X person and they were drunk, but they were moaning or whatever. Like it was said to me whenever I was 16 and going through a case like this after traumatic events happened to me, your body at times does not understand that it is going through trauma. Mm -hmm. It is just reacting to sensation and is reacting to pressure and it is reacting to bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. Just, if your body reacts, it does not mean that you were enjoying it because your your body doesn't know that it's traumatic. Your brain does. And that's why people develop PTSD after these things. So... If you are a rapist sympathizer and be like, well, why was she moaning? Why yeah. was she pretending to why like it? Why did she say she liked it? Um, um, fuck off. It was her fight or flight. It was her will to survive. Um, and just because your body reacts, it doesn't mean that you wanted it. It doesn't yeah. mean that you necessarily asked for it. That's just how the body works. Kind of like when somebody hits your fucking knee with a little hammer thing. And then your body just fucking naturally And you just, just kick your kicks. leg. Yeah. You didn't want to kick your leg, but it, it just, just happened. fucking happens. Anyways, little mini rant over. Marvin was pleasantly surprised by her sudden enthusiasm. I knew you were a slut, he said, and I could tell just by looking at you. Wow, the nerve on this man. What the fuck? But when they got to Rachel's home, they didn't crawl into bed to have... This says have sex together, but I'm just gonna say forced intercourse. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't crawl into bed to have forced intercourse together like Rachel has suggested. Instead, Rachel ran inside ahead of Marvin and then locked the door behind her. Realizing that he had been tricked, Marvin furiously pounded on the front door. You'll pay for this, bitch, he shouted. Sarah awoke to find Rachel's face covered in blood. Rachel grabbed the best weapon that she could find nearby and which turned out to be a claw hammer. She held the hammer like a club, ready to strike if Marvin tried to break in. Marvin kept banging on the door and Rachel shouted at him for him to leave. Wayne Davis and Mikey Gavron were also there, although they were asleep when Rachel entered the home. The commotion woke them up as well. Outnumbered, Marvin retreated from the encounter. Rachel's mom called the ambulance soon after Marvin left. A rape test was done on Rachel, and the DNA was collected from Rachel's vagina. Still, Rachel wasn't sure if she was actually if she actually wanted to press charges. Marvin had threatened to kill Shannon. The charges were filed. More than anything else, Rachel wanted to protect her daughter. Nothing in Rachel's life mattered more than Shannon. 
But there was another reason why Rachel was hesitant to press charges. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. She had been raped before, and nobody did anything about it the first time. At five years old, she had been molested by a babysitter, and nothing ever came at Nothing ever came of it, even after her parents filed a police report. Why would things be different now? Rachel Timmerman would end up going to jail before Marvin Gaberon when it became clear that Rachel would be pressing charges after all. Marvin retaliated by calling the cops and telling them that Rachel had been smoking marijuana while on probation. Rachel was arrested and sentenced to five months in jail. Rachel was reported to Nuego County Jail on January 11, 1997. At this point, she was still covered in visible scratches and scars from her fight with Marvin. Rachel's 19th birthday, the last birthday she would ever have, was spent incarcerated. She worried if Shannon would still remember her when she got out. Once a week, Tim would bring Shannon in for visiting time with Rachel, but would have to look at her through a plastic window. Rachel would anticipate these scant visits all week, but she was always left disappointed. Rachel tried to make the best of her time in jail. Her cellmate was a 27-year-old woman named Charlene Madden who was in jail for prostitution. They got along well and Charlene would later correspond with Rachel's father, Tim. Charlene encouraged Rachel to complete her GED while in jail and Rachel did so. Rachel had dropped out of high school after becoming pregnant with Shannon. Part 2, Maximum Heartbreak. Interesting yeah. title. Nine days after Rachel was imprisoned, Marvin was arrested and charged with third-degree sexual assault on January 20th, 1997. At that time, he was served a warrant which listed people who had been subpoenaed to testify against him at trial, a list that would include Wayne Davis, Rachel Timmerman, and Mikey Gaberon. If convicted, he would face up to 15 years in prison, but if you're like my offender, you'll only serve eight months. Jesus fuck. Or no, I'm sorry, six months. When I was told that he would serve 85% of two years. Are you serious? Yeah. Sorry, nobody cares about my personal life. It's fine. I always laugh at that when they're always like, yeah, they'll face 15 years in prison. And I'm like, yeah. that's not going to happen. No. Like, they it, never, they rarely ever carry out any of their sentences. They hardly ever, like, you, they hardly ever get 15 years. Did you hear Bill Cosby got out? Bill Cosby's out of prison now. He, he raped a lot of women, right? Yeah, roofied them and raped them. Yeah, wow. he's out of prison. Oh, uh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, Marvin was released on bond on February 3rd. Rachel would not be released until 92 days later. Marvin was also able to get his rape trial delayed considerably because the state's most important witness was now in jail. Less than two weeks after Marvin was released on bail, Wayne Davis suddenly vanished. His, he was last seen alive on February 12th, 1997. The next day, his girlfriend visited his house but found it deserted. Wayne was nowhere to be found. The girlfriend, Darlene Lazo, did find a note from Wayne Davis, which had said he decided to move to California. However, Darlene looked around the house and found that all of Wayne's clothes were still there and nothing had been packed up. In particular, his camouflage field jacket, which was still in the house, and Lazo knew that Wayne never left home without it. Lazo also noticed Wayne's, Wayne's microwave oven was missing, along with some stereo equipment. These items would later be found at a co-assignment shop in Mesacosta County. The owner of the store, Alice Ray, would identify Marvin Gaberon as the man who had sold her these objects. Wayne Davis wasn't found until 2002, 
when he was found in the lake, weighed down with chains and cinder blocks. Five years later. Five years. Oh my god. While in jail, Rachel lived in a gray prison cell packed with seven other women. Her only comfort were letters she received from family, but she could also receive strange letters from a person claiming to be Marvin's mother. The writer begged Rachel to drop the charges against Marvin, telling her to admit that she had made up the whole rape story, but the letters also asked questions about Shannon. The writer wanted to know who was taking care of Shannon while Rachel was in jail and where the person was living. Wow, real subtle, Martin. Like, <laughs> where, where's your daughter living, by the way? Rachel Timmerman was released from jail on May 5th, 1997. She had decided to move into her dad's house instead of moving back in with her mom because she knew that Marvin knew where her mother lived. And also, Rachel took up residence with her dad, Tim, and her stepmother, Lynn. Unfortunately, it seems like Marvel, Marv was able to figure out where she was living pretty quickly. Rachel consistently expressed to friends, family, and co-workers that she was terrified Marvin would kill her for testifying. At one point, she apparently had some sort of panic attack. Rachel ran to a friend's house where she immediately closed all the windows, lowered the curtain, locked all the doors, barricaded herself inside a room, and during this episode, kept repeating, he will kill me, over and over again. Rachel was last seen by her family on June 3, 1997. This was 29 days after she was released from jail and two days before she was scheduled to testify at Marvin's pretrial hearing. On the night of June 3, she went on a date with a young man named John Weeks. Rachel didn't really know John, but one day he had started calling her and asking her to go out on a date with him. Rachel initially refused because she did not know him. Nevertheless, he persisted and Rachel eventually agreed to go out with him. John had told her to bring Shannon along with her on the date because he thought babies were adorable. That's a red flag. I would have been like, fuck you, bitch. I'm not going anywhere with you. Well, first off, if you didn't know him, how did he know that you had a daughter? Yeah. Uh, you got me there. Like, bitch, Shannon. Like, bitch. <laughs> You're not Shannon. Right bitch, like, bitch, you don't even know me. Like, why do you want to meet my daughter? Like, I know there are some good men out there. But, I like. I cannot imagine dating. I'm sorry, before phones and, like, social media. That's, it's like, it's easy to find out who a person is on social media. Just look up their fucking username on Twitter and a certain specific word mm-hmm. or words. Goodbye. <laughs> like, no. No, 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 no. I'd be a lone, lonely bitch in the 90s. By all accounts, Rachel was happy and excited when she left to go on her date with John. After spending five months in jail and living in constant fear of Marvin, this was a welcome distraction. It was also a return to normalcy. Her father waved her goodbye on her way out, unaware that he would never see Rachel alive again. As she was leaving, Rachel smiled broadly and told her dad that she'd be back in a couple of hours. Rachel never returned from her date with John Weeks. A few days later, Tim received a letter from Rachel, a letter that said that the date had gone so well that they decided to get married. They were eloping to Arkansas. The next day, Tim would receive another letter from Rachel. This time, she said that her new husband had gotten a job in Arkansas and she would not be coming home. Wait. Did she take the baby? I don't know. It didn't say. It didn't say. We'll see. 
Crystal Roach, the prosecutor who was handling the rape charges against Marvin, also received a letter from Rachel. In this letter, Rachel admitted that she had made up Oh, God. That she had made up the rape accusations for attention. Rachel apologized for making the false accusations and begged the prosecutor to drop the charges against Marvin. Tim and Lynn Timmerman didn't know what to make of the bizarre letters. The letters didn't make any sense. They were made in Rachel's handwriting. Rachel had made questionable decisions before, but was it really impossible that she had suddenly run off with some guy she had just met? Maybe she was happily married in Arkansas and there was nothing to worry about. June 15th finally hit a wall when they couldn't deny reality any longer. June 15th was Shannon's birthday, and yet they had heard nothing. No pictures, no letters, no acknowledgement of her daughter's birthday. It was like Rachel had fallen off the face of the earth. On July 5th, 1997, two fishermen were fishing at Oxford Lake in New Owego County, M.I. To their shock and horror, they found a body of a young woman. Timmerman was at work when he heard the news that a woman had been found at the lake. Tim immediately knew that this would be Rachel. Dental records would eventually confirm what Tim had already suspected. Rachel's funeral was held on July 7, 1997. Shortly after the ceremony, her parents received letters of condolences from a number of women who had met Rachel while in jail. Most of the Rachel, most, most of the women were still incarcerated. They spoke of Rachel's caring nature, how she had been a source of comfort for other inmates, how they'd bonded over playing chess and praying together, and how much she loved her baby Shannon. Rachel's parents were immensely grateful for those letters and who wrote letters of thanks to each of the women, only to find out a few months later all the nearly nearly all of the thank you letters that they had sent to the incarcerated women would be confiscated and destroyed by prison staff without the women ever seeing them. What? I'm going to say this one time and one time only. The prison system is severely, severely damaged and fucked off. Like, they're just letters. They're human beings. They're just letters. Just letters. They're well, just letters saying thank you. Yeah, they for read For telling them. me that my daughter was a good person because she's dead now. I'm not, not exactly, but you know what I mean. They don't, like, guards, prison guards are some of the worst people on this planet. They get off on the fact that they have power over... I'm putting this in quotes, less than people than them. It's awful. The prison, just take what you will with that, since we're not editing. Tried to say it very eloquently. Only one letter got through to Charlene Madden, who had been Rachel's cellmate while she was in jail. She immediately wrote back in a detailed letter. Part 3, Premeditated Malice. When Rachel first started receiving phone calls from John Weeks, all she really knew about him is that he was the occasional customer at the restaurant she worked at. What he exactly said to her over the phone is unknown, but he was able to overcome her initial hesitation and coax her into bringing Shannon on a date with him. So she did take Shannon. So the baby did go. Is the baby dead? Do you think the baby's dead? I hope not. We don't know. If they didn't find a body, then she could be alive still. Like, actually. That's sad to think about. I don't think the, I don't think Marvin would have kept a baby. How do you know? He, he raped Rachel. And a kid is a lot easier to no. overcome than a he, adult. 
Ugh. all I'm gonna say. Okay, I, I hope that we're wrong. I'm just making big yeah. predictions. I don't know. Um, John was working- oh, so he was a real person. John was working for Marvin all along. It is unclear why John went along with this murderous plan. I bet I thought can. this was the alias. Oh, I thought it was a real person. I thought just, it was an alias. I thought it was just like a friend. I thought it was an alias. What if? That'd be awful. Um, we'll never know the specifics of what was- Of what was- We'll never know the specifics of what went down, but this is probably what happened. Rachel and John went out on their date, and all was normal until suddenly Marvin joined them. Upon seeing Marvin, Rachel would try to run away. A, wait- a witness later saw Marvin covered in scratches and bruises around this time, so Rachel didn't go without a fight, but she was no match for these two men. Who is that? A computer-generated image. So that's Shannon. Oh Rachel was taken out to the remote campground near Oxford Lake, where she was coerced into writing letters where she disowned the rape accusations against Marvin and said that she was moving to Arkansas. For example, a letter received by Tim Timmerman was written as followed. Dad, I'm sorry I left without saying goodbye. The guy who picked me up is like the man of my dreams. Shannon bonded with him so well, and so did I. Right now, we're on vacation. Maybe we might get eloped. He already asked me to marry him. I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. I would call you on the phone, but I think you try and talk me out of this marriage. I'll write more letters and send my address when I get one. Love, Rachel. Once the letters were written, Rachel was handcuffed and bound with chains connected to cinder blocks. A gag was pushed into her mouth, and then her mouth was sealed shut with duct tape. Duct tape was also placed over her eyes, but not on her nose. Her nose was left uncovered. She was then placed on a small boat and paddled out to Oxford Lake. She was there pushed into the water. Rachel would have quickly plunged through the water into a layer of soft mud below. There, she would die alone in total darkness, unaware if anyone would ever know what had happened to her. Karma would quickly catch up with John Weeks very quickly, since he was killed by Marvin soon after the murder of Rachel Timmerman. John was last seen on June 22, 1997. On that day, John told his girlfriend he was going down to Texas with Marvin to purchase marijuana. John was never returned from that road trip. It is generally believed that Marvin killed John in order to tie up loose ends. The body of John Weeks was never found, and he was probably in the lake somewhere in Michigan. Soon after killing John, Marvin fled the state of Michigan and went into hiding. He was eventually arrested by the FBI SWAT team in the state of New York. The FBI figured out that Marvin likely killed a man named Robert Allen in 1995 or 1996. Since then, Marvin had been collecting Robert's disability benefits from the government. Marvin occasionally used Robert Allen's identity as one of his many aliases. What the fuck? Robert Allen hadn't had a lot of friends or family, so his disappearance had largely gone unnoticed. It was only after the FBI started probing into Marvin's finances and connection to Allen's into Allen's benefits checks to, to see that they were being sent to a small post office in Sherman, New York. At this time, Sherman had a large Amish population, so Marvin had grown up. So he tried to, like, blend in with the Amish and, like, grow a beard and just get this man's checks, like, sent to this post office by this, like, Amish town and just pretend to be Amish. What a guy. What a fucking piece of shit. 
Where's um, Shannon? The body of Robert has never been found, but it is, he is presumed deceased. It is all but certain that Marvin killed Robert in order to steal his identity. The arrest occurred on October 7, 1997 in Sherman. A postal clerk named Rita Shaw was included in the plan. All other post office employees were told to stay home. When Robert Allen showed up to collect his benefit checks, Rita told him that she had the material that would require his signature to collect. But immediately after Robert gave his signature, he suddenly realized that he was being set up. It's not clear what tipped him off, but he bolted out of the office right away. Marvin was extremely fast, but unfortunately for him, it was already too late. A group of plainclothes FBI agents pursued him as he ran towards his vehicle. Someone tackled him as he opened his car door, but he was too strong. He fought like a wild beast. It took a combined force of six federal agents to subdue him. This guy's insane. You might think that Marvin was being charged for Rachel's murder, but he was actually being charged for social security fraud and for stealing Robert Allen's identity and benefits. He was found guilty and sentenced to five years in federal prison. Marvin's trial for the murder of Rachel Timmerman would not happen until 2002. During his trial, Marvin took the stand to testify in his own defense. He initially claimed to have... Oh, he initially claimed to have received a suicide note from Rachel, wherein she said that she was going to commit suicide by drowning herself in the lake. I just want to say that killing yourself via drowning is actually a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Because the human body does not want to die. Yeah. The human brain does not want to kill itself. Or hurt yourself intentionally. Like, you can overcome it. Your tongue is soft as bread. But your brain tells you not to bite through your tongue. You could bite through your tongue like a piece of bread. Did you know that? But your so, brain uh, is constantly telling you. Same thing with your finger. You. Yeah. Crazy. Um, later, he accused Rachel's dad of killing her because she had brought shame to the family by getting pregnant outside of marriage. He also said that Rachel was a prostitute and suggested that she might have been killed by her pimp. Michigan abolished the death penalty in 1847, so it was unusual that prosecutors were able to ask for the death penalty in this case. But it turns out the Oxford Lake was located inside of a national forest, which meant prosecutors were able to charge Marvin under the federal death penalty statute. Thank fuck. That guy had that coming. Marvin Gabron was found guilty of first-degree murder on March 5th, 2002, and he was sentenced to death. As of 7-11-2021, Marvin is still on federal death row, awaiting execution. He has never been convicted for killing any other person other than Rachel, but it is believed to be responsible for the disappearances of Wayne Davis, John Weeks, Robert Allen, and Shannon. The body of Wayne Davis was located in 2002, and the other remains unaccounted for. Holy fuck. So Shannon was never found. This is crazy. Um, this guy was caught by the FBI. I, I don't think Shannon is alive. I don't think any of them are alive. I think that Marvin probably, probably did what he said he was going to do. Yeah, killed and her. killed Shannon in front of Rachel, and then killed Rachel. He's still awaiting. Yeah, I just read that. Yeah, that's as of seven eleven twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, wow. 
I'm looking him up. Marvin. What a piece of shit. He's in Indiana. Why is he in Indiana? That's his prison. Uh, that's the prison that yeah, he was sent to? A high security U.S. penitentiary. Terre Haute. Terre, Terre Haute? Hot. Yeah, Indiana. He's in federal prison. Thank God. And he's on death row. Dang. Well, I think that's it. That's the third and last episode that we have to record tonight. And we are back on schedule. Yeah! Woo! Um, give us case suggestions. Yeah, please do. There are a lot of I think next cases. week we're going to do Randall's recommendation of um, oh, that the guy. Elliot Rogers guy, murderer of the incels. That guy is so disturbing. He was showing me little clips of him. Yeah. I, I can't believe he's like a I just real knew person. that that one was going to take time. That one is going to be that one's going to be an compile all one. of it. And I I know he has YouTube videos or videos. Uh-huh. I don't well, have to sit and watch those. Yeah, they're you're going to have to search for them cuz I think his account got deleted. But yeah, this there guy, are probably other people covering it to where they have snippets of yeah. his that I could watch. That guy's a trip. Like, what the fuck? I was listening and passing by at work whenever you guys were watching them, and I I can already tell that he's going to be a piece of work. But thank you, Randall, for, like, the first recommendation. Yeah. Thank you, Randall. If you're listening to this. Randall! Ginger. Ginger power. Ginger representation. Oh my God. Nice. <laughs> Gotta give a shout out to all the redheads. I'm a redhead, by also, the way. Also, if you guys don't want to give case suggestions, just email me if you think my voice has gotten deeper. Yeah. I need to take my tea shot, by the way. I think it, I thought you were going... I thought you did that. No. Oh, it's Friday, though. I'm just gonna wait. No. I think I'm just gonna wait until Saturday again. Is that when you took it last time? No, I took it Wednesday. So it's gonna be a little bit late, but it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, just get back on track. Yeah, I will. I was gonna do Wednesdays, but I'm so busy that mm. I forget. It doesn't really matter when I do it, cause I'm gonna my like my leg is gonna be sore after anyways, regardless. But you need to make sure you're doing it a a week apart and not. I know. Shit, you might Hulk out. (laughs) (sighs) As long as I'm not taking it too close together, I think it's fine. Yeah. I think if you're just gonna have another fiasco like you did last time. What do you mean? The period. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Ah! Yeah. No! Okay, I'm gonna get back on track. <laughs> I don't want that to happen again. Oh, shit. Um, I want to do a Twitter poll. Should we quit Walmart? <laughs> Stop. I need this job for a little bit longer. Guys, I really hate this job. Um, Can you guys just, I don't know, get us a lot of followers and we can just make this our full-time career? Holy shit, that'd be insane. Can you imagine? I'd be so happy. Maybe my depression would go away. Make my depression go away. No, you guys, I'm just, I'm we just kidding, on guys. You to make our depression go away. All seventeen away. of you, even though one of you is me, and me. <laughs> okay. Fifteen. Fifteen. That's a lot. No, one of them is Megan. Fourteen. Fourteen. All fourteen of you. That's a. Uh, that's two weeks and days. <laughs> hey. That's, that's, uh, that's what? That's three and a half months of suggestions if you guys put something in. That's a dozen eggs plus two more eggs. Ooh, it's a, 
Mikkel and Peyton dozen. Because we both get one. A baker's dozen is just one more for the baker. Oh, yeah. A baker's dozen 13. Yeah. Oh, hey! It's our dozen, you know? MP dozen. PM. Um, or you guys can just leave suggestions on how to deal with passive-aggressive managers. Oh, shit. One of our managers listens to this. Um, Foxtrot. I'm just kidding. Foxtrot. Uh, first letter of each word. Foxtrot, Utopia, cool. It's uniform. Uniform? It's Foxtrot, Uniform, Charlie, Kilo. Y-O-U, bitch. <laughs> Y-O-U, you? Y-O-U, this was oh, you. Oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think one of our managers, like, quote-unquote, listens to this. Yeah, I don't think he actually... Oh. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Okay, also, they. guys, listen, we're just going to go on a little bit of a rant here, but, so I d- can imagine that I'm actually talking to a group of people and not staring at my living room wall. But, anyways, we went to see the second Escape Room movie. Oh my god. And they keep talking about how I'm going to die first, okay? I no. think you would. No. You don't, no. I mean, you're, you analyze things, but I feel like you would just, and I have to save them all. Some people have to be sacrificed. I would not sacrifice myself for anything. We of are you. those people at work. We get sacrificed. What do you mean? We get sacrificed by everyone else. Okay, if we were in an escape room at work with all of our coworkers, oh no, I, I would, would just be I would join on saving you. I would join Minos. I would join the bad guys. Yeah, I would just save our ass. I would. I would just save our ass. Everybody else, I'd be like no. in the camera. Hey, me and hey, Kate if you can didn't help. see it, if you didn't see it, it didn't happen. Remember, how do I know they're dead? It's like Schrodinger's cat. How do I know they're dead if I didn't see it? Exactly. Oh my god, that was Schrodinger's cat. They were using Schrodinger's cat principle. If you didn't see it, it didn't happen. How do you know That's the psychology. cat's dead? Duh. Thank you. I took psychology class in college. I didn't. I didn't take it in high school either. Oh, I took. I took it in high school. And Lucky I took one in college. You. Did you take engineering? I went to oh, online wait. college. I'm, I mean, I went to online high school, okay? Because I got beat up in real high school. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but you feel bad now. I wish I, someone would try me in high school. I would let all my rage out. Oh my, you out. would fucking hulk out. You'd hulk out now at work. Somebody fucking try you. You'd be like, I got fired. And I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm taking off early. No, for real. If, uh, if, uh. Don't say names. Lucas. Oh, uh, yeah. Lucas did something. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. Book boy. Uh, not that I've ever heard of. Book boy's getting on my nerves. You need. I wish you worked nights, because book boy pisses me the fuck off. We should just start a podcast. Well, uh, I want to do... I want to... No, listen. I want to do special episodes to where we come up with specific code names for everyone at work. And we just rant into the microphone. Okay, and they're just bonus episodes of of us getting so pissed. Some of them are going to be really specific, like Toad. Everyone's going to know that one. I don't give a fuck, Toad. What are you going to do? You don't even listen, bitch. Who all listens to this at work? Supposedly listens. Okay. Manager. Okay, supposedly. Manager. Um, Toad. Okay, so manager. These are supposed listens. Manager. Okay, also, if you guys don't like this, you can skip it, okay? I'm just... Just leave. Yeah, this is just me talking to myself, okay? Um, okay, so we have manager... I'm not gonna edit this either. Also, yeah, I'm saying this is what we... This is is what we do... This is what we do every time, and I just edit it out. Literally. And you know what? Until we actually get popular, 
I, I don't think we should edit. Because this is kind of fun. Yeah, I don't I think that we should mouth. edit anymore. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, extreme, my extremist views. You know? I have extremist views. <laughs> oh, I don't, I'm but I'm gonna, right. Every extremist <laughs> thinks they're right. I, uh, no, I'm actually right. You know what an extremist is? They want to, in, in governmental terms, they want to oh, get rid of the whole thing and start anew. Like completely, yeah, yeah and I'm, yeah, I that's agree. Me. That's, that's me. me with punish with punishing rapists and uh, sex offenders. I think we should wipe out and pedophiles all of our politicians and government officials because for one, they're all over like fifty. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. So we have manager number one. We have Tude. We have Ginger number one. We have Randall. Randall won't care if I say his identity. We have my favorite OGP shopper. What? I thought you were being sarcastic about... Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Oh, I remember. No. No. The one that I'm no, uncomfortable. No. No. Oh, no. uh, we got LB. Alec. No, and LB. Oh, so that's like six people. Whoa. That's, yeah, like, that's six people. That's Manager. That's Toad. That's Ginger Boy. That's Randall. If Randall listens. That's my favorite shopper, and that's LB. I don't know if anyone else does, like... I don't think anybody else does. I thought I told somebody else. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. I of. did ask all that I did. Maybe uh, Walker. What the fuck are you saying to me? Just write it down. No. That's Walker. Sorry, because you know. Or <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. And he refuses to. Or we could call him. No, I did Muscle not. Man. I did not because. Muscle Man. Cause I did not tell Walker because. Do you know what Walker would have said to me? I would have said one thing wrong and Walker would have schooled me for it. Actually, it's like this, Peyton. <laughs> Let me tell you about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, um. Yeah, so uh, no. Walker does not listen to this podcast. Oh, did we tell, uh. I feel like Spencer. Did you tell Spencer? Maybe Vincent? I don't think so. I think Vincent... No. I think Vincent would listen. Maybe. Like, while he's drawing, he might. Just put Maybe. it on the background. And then laugh about how stupid we are. Yeah, at least it's a view. At least it's a stream. Yeah, true. He, you know, some people I think are... Vincent knows that we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that he knows anything about the podcast. What about- I think Spencer knows that it's a true crime podcast. What about, uh... No. Nope. He would tell, uh, the other one. I did not tell Mystery Man. Mystery Man. What? Why? What? Who? Why Mystery Man? Yeah, why? Why is that um, his name? No. There are some people that, even if it's just another view, I don't want their opinion. Because I feel like they'd all go tell you-know-who. Immediately. Um... Oh, redacted? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want redacted to know, ever. That's why they're redacted. Wait. Redacted. <laughs> Can we please make it into a sound? Redacted. And you that'll want, be our bleep. <laughs> yeah, you want it. You want to make it our bleep? Redacted. Redacted. Oh my god. Uh, That's good. Yeah, there are some people that... I just know that their opinions on this podcast are going to be shit, uh, so why would I want them to begin with? Yeah. Even if it true. is just another view. 
Ugh, that's disgusting. I would hate if redacted was like. Well, first of all, wouldn't even do this. What do you mean? What? They they wouldn't do this. Redacted wouldn't. Well, yeah. Like right now. Redacted never brought it up to me I after have I'm. I to get in bed. I'm sorry. Bitch, I work at five. I should already have been in bed. I should have been in bed at seven. It's twelve twenty-five. I'm probably not. I'm. I love you, but I'm probably not gonna be. I'm probably not gonna go. God, you fucking damn. <laughs> what? My tummy's hurting. I don't. I don't want to go either, Alec. I just. I'm gonna feel bad if you waste your point on me. But I don't want to. I could clean. I could play with Walter. I could train Walter. He needs to play fetch. I keep thinking. I could I take could. him to the dog park. Oh my god! Can I go with you? If I go, I, if I don't go, if I don't take off tomorrow, I'm gonna go like next uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Okay, I want to so go come. with you. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. But also, yeah, I'll go. Well, I was gonna wait until I was thinking about waiting till he was neutered, but I'm like, he needs to go and get adjusted. Oh, they don't have to be neutered. I know, but I feel like they, they just aggressive. have to have their shots. He's still kind of aggressive. Though. Well, you just watch him. You should make sure he doesn't like bite the other dog's ear off. He's just aggressive with me, and I think that's because he wants me to be a puppy, too. But yeah. I, I think it'll be fine. Like, dogs. the other dog owners will tell you. Yeah. and Like, I, hey, get yeah. your dog. I feel like the older dogs will also beat him up, too, for me. Yeah, exactly. Like, dogs play roughly, and all the owners just sit there and watch them. Yeah. Like, okay. I've went, like, two times before. I went by myself once, because I just wanted to play with dogs. <laughs> Imagine. What? I asked people if it was okay. Okay, okay. And they said yes. And they said, where's your dog? And I said, I don't have one. I have cats. I said, yeah, I don't have one, and my wife won't let me get a dog. And they said, oh, okay. You can play with I was like, can I pet your dog? And they said, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I would be a little freaked out, too. What? Just a little, like, just a smidge. Not, like, really freaked out. I'd be like, okay, cool. I think I'd be more freaked out if they were, like, older, but I look pretty young. I could oh, yeah, easily okay. pass as a teenage boy. That's true. Especially with my voice cracking now. I think of just old people approaching me because I'm young. And I'm like, oh. get the fuck away from me. No. Like, literally, if I was walking Marvel outside and some, like, would I assume another 20-year-old coming up to me and being like, can I pet your cat? I don't have one. And I'd be like, sure. That's true. Little kid. She's oh. the nice one. You know? Yeah. Two little kids walked over to me the other day. And I was walking Walter. And they just fucking walked over. These kids are maybe, like... Six. Alone? Yeah, they were just outside. Well, it's outside. They're, like, in the field and stuff. But they didn't even say anything. And I was like, hi, do you want to pet him? And the little girl was clearly younger than the little boy. And she talked amazingly. And the little boy was just silent. I've seen him a couple times now. And he kind of scares me. He's like children in the corn type of kid. Oh, my God. They both are. And she was like, it looks like, just like my grandma's dog, but smaller. And they petted him and gave him hugs. And he he was in love. He loved it. Well, that's good. That's good that you at least he, know that he's going to be good with kids. He loves kids and women. No, listen. One time when we had our cat tower and I worked at Hot Topic. And you left it by the front door? I no, listen. Seen. They unlocked it to come and fix something while Megan and I were gone. At- Tommy is rousing. No, no, no. Listen, but the maintenance guys. <laughs> I'm so serious. You put heavy whipping cream. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It was so good. 
<laughs> I'm about to go home and shit myself. <laughs> Maybe you do need to call <laughs> I got a case of the runs. <laughs> My ass running away. We'll just, we'll just take we'll just take Walter to the dog park. <laughs>